Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Uh, and uh, you put the two of us together at our new uh, editor, Casey. Yeah. Uh, and you have Stuff You Should Know. Yeah. Guest editor uh, is not Matt this time. No. It's Casey. It's Casey. Yeah. Welcome, Casey. And we are in what looks like the room of a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this is the fourth room now we've been shuffled to in this office, and this is a brand new to us, and it definitely very much looks like there might be a f- head floating in a jar behind you somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All of the windows are blacked out with foam. It's creepy. Um, there's one single bulb light in the middle of the yeah. table. There's stuff stacked around all over the place, like some hoarder serial killer yeah. is living here. It's not a good place. Like, I don't feel good right now. Yeah, like temporarily living here. Like, a serial killer wouldn't even live in here. This is just where they go to, like, <laughs> right. take evidence. This is where they keep the victim. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're recording from today. Yeah, we wanted to set the set the mental stage. Oh, man, all right, we so can you do know, this. I mean, the mental environment the it, it has a really it, it's it has a pronounced effect on the mind. Yeah, like Wait, the physical about, environment, like where we are. Yes. Yeah, but no one cares. Remember, they they'll always just like, oh, just put Chuck in the hallway. And they'll they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's um yeah, and apparently someone's listening to their voicemail just outside, which you can hear. This is great. Um, so the Pope. Yes. So you know Joseph Ratzinger? John Ratzenberger? No. From Cheers? No. Cliff Clavin? Yeah. No, this guy's totally different. I thought that was who the Pope was. You know, the Pope, uh, you would be more familiar with Pope Benedict II. Yeah. Um, But his birth name was Joseph Ratzinger. And following what what is a very, very long tradition, as we'll see, um, he changed his name when he became Pope. Well, I don't know if you know this or not even though you selected this article. But on February 11th, he announced he's going to retire. Yeah, on the, I think, 28th, this is like, I guess I gave two weeks, because <laughs> roughly two weeks later is going to be his last day. And I felt, I I'm not Catholic, and I don't know much about the Catholic religion, um, because I grew up in the South, and especially, you know, there were not a ton of Catholics in the South right. compared to other parts of the country. Yeah, it's a very Northeastern, Midwestern. Yeah, Um I felt bad for the guy though because people like called him Pope Scary and stuff because he sort of looked kind of creepy. Yeah, and I just remember thinking that's not nice. He did. He was also um, drafted into the uh, German military during World War Two. Yeah, which is you know yeah kind of something. And he abandoned, didn't he? He deserted. Yes, yeah, deserted. Um, ostensibly before he fired a shot at anybody. I think it was during basic training that he was like, "I'm out of here." I might want to be Pope one day. Right, exactly. And this is not going to look good on my resume. Yeah, I can't have that down there. Um, but yeah, plus also he followed in the footsteps of uh, Pope John Paul II. Yeah. Arguably the most lovable Pope of all time. Yeah, I mean, he was 78 to 2005. That's a nice chunk of time in the modern era. So He, he was a huge traveler. Yeah. He was credited with helping to bring about the end of the Cold War. Yeah, to some degree. Sure. Um, he was beloved by all, even people who weren't Catholic loved Pope John Paul II. Yeah, he's probably the most impersonated Pope. You know, the one guy. Or maybe it wasn't just one guy that, that looked. Was it Naked Gun? Well, yeah, and others, but. That's the one I always associate. Looked just like him. John right. Paul II. Yeah. JP. And they would do that smile and like the weird wave with the hand. Very lovable Pope. He learned from Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah. 
Benedict said, hey, I'm very tired. I'm, I'm going to retire. And the whole world said, well, I don't know if you can do that. Can a pope retire? You he can. said, oh, yes, you can. As a matter of fact, uh, the last pope to retire was Gregory the Twelfth. Uh, yeah, just go back like 600 years for president. Yeah, 598 to be exact, yeah. um, where he, he basically retired to end what was called the Great Schism at the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, apparently um, there was a 70-year period where the papacy, which is the uh, governance by the pope, um, w- left Rome. And moved to Avignon, France. Okay. And um, I guess Gregory the Eleventh said, "You know what? We're going to take it back to Rome," and that created the Great Schism, which, uh, depending on who you ask, made Pope Benedict either the uh, 265th or the 266th Pope, because during this Great Schism there was a Pope in Rome yeah. and there was a Pope in Avignon, France. So then. Uh, Pope Gregory the Twelfth comes to power and says, "You know what? I'm just going to retire. Right? It's going to end the Great Schism. He's the last pope, and I believe the first pope ever to retire. So Benedict. Oh, so there's only been two. Benedict the Second is the second, as far as I know. Did you see Saturday Night Live this week? No, I don't watch SNL these days. It's uh, they had uh, Christoph Waltz was mm-hmm. on. Did you see the little Pope retiring commercial? No, it was pretty funny. They did like the typical like, you know, financial retirement." commercial spoof of the Pope retiring and getting every, all his financial <laughs> ducks in a row. Nice. It was pretty funny. I think my favorite um, SNL commercial is the one with Sam Watterson, Watterson from Law & Order, uh, Jack McCoy. Which one was that? Where he talks about um, he's selling insurance to the elderly to protect against robots who want to come into their home <laughs> and eat their medication. I don't think I ever saw that. Because that's what, they, that's what they're fueled by, and right. the robots are going to come to your home unless you have this insurance. <laughs> They're fueled with like pacemaker meds. <laughs> it's really a great commercial. Oh, that's great. You put him in anything and you yeah. know, it's going to feel like that kind of commercial. And he, he managed to do it with the straight face too. Of course he did. Um, this is a, that guy's a class act. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So Benedict II announces he, re- he retires and, um, you choose how the papacy works. And I think we should point out, we're talking about the papacy, which is this position, uh, in the world. Yeah. This world leader figurehead. The head of the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. Papa, Vicar of Christ, yeah. the Holy Father, the Bishop of Rome. They're all synonymous with the, the big kahuna, the Pope. Yeah. And what the Pope does is the papacy. Yes. So that's what we're talking about is the papacy. It's like what the Pope's expected to do, how you get a new Pope. Well, there's a lot of papal questions. Yeah. And this one is, is especially relevant, you know, because a lot of this is going to deal with the really interesting, I found, process for selecting and electing and of course, because it's religion A and Catholic religion B, right. it's not just uh, we get around and we talk about it and we like raise our hands. It's, you know, it's like very, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a cool process, I think. It is. It's arcane. And it's and it's happening right now. No, actually, it's not. Huh? It, it can't happen yet. No, no, no. It's the, the process has begun. They're trying to, it's, March 15th is the vote, but they're trying to get it pushed forward even. Because, oh, they are? Because I thought it can't happen sooner than 15 days after the Pope retires. After the Pope dies. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're going to push it forward because he's retiring. Because there's no reason not to, basically. Oh, yeah, because they don't have to celebrate the funeral rites or anything. Or have a body on their hands. You are brilliant, Brian. Oh, it's not me. It's people. Yeah, but you noticed that detail. Yeah, people saying, you know, if we can go ahead and push this forward a little bit. But at the very, we know it's going to happen on the 15th or earlier. Cool. Um, And they're already talking about maybe the first 
African Pope? I know. I'm excited about that one. Or Latin American Pope? Guy from Ghana or yeah. a guy from Brazil? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty psyched about that. And, They're and throwing their miter in the, in the ring, I guess. Apparently, it's going to be uh, a very conservative Pope still because um, yeah. Pope Benedict canonized um, or elected to cardinal 56% of the electorate. Well, and John Paul was the other yeah. 44%. So um, there's you're, you're going to get a pope who shares the same views as Benedict, most likely. Probably, but that hasn't stopped people from writing endless op-eds already saying, hey, the majority of Catholics believe X, Y, and Z now. Right. Can we get a pope that represents a modern the modern Catholic, and yep. they're saying, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Wishful thinking, but it's probably not going to happen. But maybe they'll be from Latin America or Africa. Sure, which would be, you know. That's a pretty big jump yeah. forward. First non-European in like a thousand years, I think. Yeah. Well, we don't know yet. Well, possibly, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's be. see. I'm excited. Let's <laughs> talk about this, Chuck. <laughs> okay. uh, how, how long have we had popes? Uh, well, we have had, depending on who you ask, um, St. Peter, possibly, is the first pope, even though he never, like, they didn't have the office of pope at the time. Right. But he's widely considered to be the first pope because Jesus himself sort of handed over the reins and said, you know what, when I ascend to heaven, right, I'd like you to kind of run the show for me. Right. Pete, if you don't mind. And um, biblical scholars love, love, love interpreting stuff that Jesus said. Yeah. And he said something in uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen. Um, that they take to say Peter was the first pope. Peter was the person that Jesus said, it's up to you to run the church. Yeah, uh, that verse is, and I say also unto thee, thou, uh, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that is the Petrine or Petrine guarantee. Yeah. And uh, theologians believe that Peter is the rock because uh, Jesus spoke Aramaic. Mm-hmm. And Peter's original name was Simon, and Christ named him Peter, uh, named him Cephas, which is Aramaic for rock. So they're saying not to be confused with both Cephas, yeah, or the rock. Hank William, yeah, Hank Williams Jr. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. <laughs> um, so yeah, so people saying theologians mainly say, you know what, that's the rock that he's talking about. The rock is Peter, and further evidence is when he also says to Peter, "Feed my sheep." But I worry. Which you have to imagine and is said in a certain tone. I know, but I worry. Not just like, hey, feed my sheep. <laughs> That's what I worry about. Yeah. So he's like, buddy, I'm going to heaven. Would you mind feeding my sheep while I'm gone? Which is funny and because. There's sheep that actually died because Peter was like, he means. I know what he means. I know what he means. He I'm Peter. I'm not sheep. a Bible literalist. <laughs> he's got people to feed his other sheep. <laughs> and then the he sheep He would never dies. ask me to feed his sheep. <laughs> he he wants how, me to, to lead his yeah, people. He knows how I feel about wool. Well, okay, so Peter's the first pope. That's that's part of church dogma. Yeah. That's the Petrine guarantee. Even though it wasn't like the popes came after Peter. Right, and the they, they came after Peter. Well, Peter uh, went to Rome late in his life to say, hey, Jesus is just all right with me. Um, and uh, he was killed for it by Nero, yeah. persecuted the, the early church, um, which at the time was basically just Peter. Yeah. Um, and so Peter fiddle. became a martyr. No, Nero didn't fiddle. So Peter, Peter becomes a, nar- a martyr. He's uh, he's buried on Vatican Hill, um, and the uh, Basilica of St. Peter is built over him. And, um, and from that point on, to honor Peter as, as the first pope, all other popes that fell into line behind him are 
are considered to be the, the direct successor yeah. of Peter. Yeah. So if you look at the papal family tree, there's Peter at the top, mm-hmm. and then there's one other line, and it's all the popes coming directly from Peter. Yeah, so who, whoever follows on this next one isn't descended from John Ratzenberger. <laughs> He's descended from Peter. Right. He's following Peter's direct rule. Right, and as such, the Pope is considered to be carrying on directly yeah. the bestowment of power conferred by Jesus onto Peter. Yeah, and I kind of like that. I guess that sort of signifies it's it's the office and not the person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it puts the importance on the office itself and not like, hey, you're following this guy. Right. Well, you know, yeah. like you're following the the original. The OG. The OG. I was going to say that, but then I thought, that's disrespectful. And then I thought, I've called the Pope John Ratzenberger four times already. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got that covered. Okay. Um and then, so the, you've got the, the, the idea that the Pope is a direct successor of Peter, which yep. gives him tons of power. Basically, he's one degree separated from Jesus, conferring the powers onto Peter. Yeah. And then, um, the, uh, the, a bunch of bishops got together to create the first Vatican Council in 1870 and said, you know what? Not only that, we, we have thought about it. We're theologians and we've decided that the Pope is infallible. In matters of spirituality and religion. That was a big deal because it basically means you you can't question anything that comes out of his mouth. If he lays down some doctrine, then that's the final word. Right. Because Jesus conferred these powers onto Peter and these people are direct successors of Peter and by, by proxy have the same power. Jesus was infallible. Ex post facto. So is the Pope. That's That's what they said. And everybody said, okay, we were listening to him anyway, but. Thank you for make it official. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's the Pope. That's the power of the Pope. Um, and again, this is the the most powerful figurehead of any religion. There are 1.6 billion Muslims in the world, but there's not a uh, living figurehead of that of the of Islam. Yeah. Uh, with Catholicism, there's 1.2 billion, and there's one guy who's the head of it all, and that's the Pope. So let's say Benedict hadn't. Retired. Let's say he he stayed pope until he died. Yeah, what happens? What happens when a pope dies? Um, well, the uh, there's a an, an authority called the uh, Cardinal Carmelingo. I like that name. Yeah, I do too. Uh, or Chamberlain. It's another name, and that's the Secretary of State of the Vatican. And Vatican City is the smallest independent state in the world. It's yeah, like hundred and change acres, right in there the in middle the middle of Rome. Rome. Yeah, and I've, I think I've told my story that time about walking around it. Because I was trying to find the way in. Yeah. And there's no way in unless you go in the front. So Were I spent, you trying to sneak in the back door of Vatican No, City? I just thought, like, surely you can get in this way. Like, surely they'll let me in. <laughs> yeah. But there was just big, tall walls. Yeah. And it's a long walk around the Vatican. Is it 100 acres is kind of a walk. Yeah. I think it's like 110 or whatever. That's, a, I think, a, dead on a country mile. <laughs> As the bird flies? Yeah. Um, all right. So where were we? So the, the Secretary of State... Uh, assumes the non-theological responsibilities of the Pope immediately. And it's sort of like if the president passes on, the vice president takes over. Right. You know, in the interim. Running Vatican City. Yeah. Actually, not interim for the president. They're permanent. Um, well, until the next election, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Permanent meaning it's not an interim position, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so they have to confirm that the Pope is dead and they call the Pope's name three times. 
Pope. There is uh, no by name, I think. Oh. And there's a, a myth that I had a hard time tracking down that they would hit, tap the Pope on the head with a silver hammer. No way. Three times. No, they don't. And apparently that is something that they did until the 1960s. Huh. And that went the way of the dodo. I can imagine because all the popes had little bruises. Yeah, I think it was a tap and not like a... Post-mortem bruising (laughs) from a hammer. Uh, But I think they do use that same hammer to destroy the ring of the fishermen, which they remove once the pope has passed. Right. Every pope has worn this for like 800 years. Yeah, some version of it. It's a a seal with Peter on a fishing boat fishing, and then the name of that pope... And then they destroy the same one. But did you see whether they used the same gold to, to make a new ring? I don't know. That might remember, account for missing gold. 85% yeah. of gold is recycled. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but apparently they used that silver hammer to destroy the ring and the seals. And um, the body lies there in repose for nine nine days consecutive. Right. They celebrate the funeral rites. There are no photos allowed. Um, because of the bruising. Yeah, because of the bruising. Uh, but once uh, they have... Put the Pope in his uh, vestments and the mitre, I guess. Although, I don't know. You're probably not buried in the mitre. It's Which one's the mitre? The tall one. The hat? Yeah. Uh, I don't recall seeing John Paul in... No, he had his so. little skull cap on yeah, which when he was in state. Yeah, which has a specific name, too. I can't think of it right now. Uh, Yamaka. No, I think for the, it's different for <laughs> Catholic Popes. Um, then you are allowed, if so deemed, you are allowed to take a f- postmortem photo, like an official photo for like right. documenting the, the situation. Right. But you can't go in there with your cameras, and if the Pope is sick on his deathbed, you can't go in there and film that kind of stuff. Gotcha. It's untoward. It it is. And then they bury him. Yeah, they bury him in like a little matryoshka doll in three coffins, mm-hmm. one encased of another, encased in another. So it's a cypress elm and then lead. Yeah. And, like, who's working with lead these days? I, I don't know. I guess Roman uh, coffin makers. That's that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you prevent any kind of lead poisoning when you're making a lead coffin? I don't know. I mean, lead's still used, right? It's not like... Yeah, I think it's fairly discontinued in, in most oh, yeah? cases. Yeah. You should read this. Um, there's a Mother Jones article called The Real Criminal Element, Lead. It is awesome, really? man. Yeah, basically they tied crime rates and the decline of crime rates uh-huh. across American cities with the decline of leaded gasoline. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting, and they, they do it pretty convincingly. They should have called it Get the Lead Out. I thought so. Like, there's a bunch of different <laughs> puns they could have made. Sure. They chose one. All right, so now we have to elect a new pope. Right, whether whether Benedict was dead or not, this is the same thing that's going to happen. Yeah. And like you said, they're trying to move it up because he's not dead. They don't have to carry out the funeral rites, so exactly. why wait? Exactly. Um, and the, the first thing that happens is the College of Cardinals, the guys who are going to serve as the electors. Not the University of Louisville. No. But the College of Cardinals. Um, they get together and uh, they enter what is called conclave, which means with key which means that they are basically sequestered from the rest of the world yeah. until they can come to a uh, two-thirds agreement. A two-thirds, two-thirds plus one? No, I think that's a simple majority is half plus one. Oh. This is like straight up two-thirds. Oh, really? I believe so. Well, you need to change this then. Um, the uh, Well, no, you can, after 12 or 13 days, go to a, a simple majority. Yeah, but, but this you is be two-thirds, two-thirds plus one. Is the the first go, and then if that doesn't work, then you go to simple majority. Well, then you're probably right, because I, mean, I think I was one? wrong. This was um, 
I don't know, man. We'll call them out. I think it might have been Tom Harris. We'll go with Tom. <laughs> so it's probably, we'll go with two-thirds plus one in yeah. this case. Um, so basically the Cardinals get together. They are uh, sequestered. They, um, they basically, there's, I think, 120 of them tops. Yeah, there's 117 right now. They haven't picked the other three yet? I don't think there are another three. Well, so there's a hundred, between 117 and 120 electors. Okay. Cardinals who are going to vote for Pope, right? I think it's no more than 120. That's the maximum number. Gotcha. Uh, there's also an age limit. If you turned 80 before the day the Pope dies or retires, yeah. you're out. Yeah. You're, you're old news. Um, and you can't vote. You can't be a cardinal uh, in the electorate. Even though the Benedict was like 78 when he was elected Pope. Right. Which well, was, that doesn't cover Pope. That covers whoever's electing the Pope. Yeah, I know, but I just find it interesting that two years later, you, you, you can't even vote. Right. Yet they would put someone in as, you know, the highest office. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he was the oldest Pope ever elected. Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, these guys can't even tweet. And you may laugh, but there are nine active tweet Twitterers in the College of Cardinals. Well, there's the Pope has a Twitter account, Pontifex. But nine of the cardinals tweet themselves, and they're they have there's they have specifically been forbidden from tweeting during this time period. I could see that. Oh, it's part of you know being under key, <laughs> in conclave. I wonder if they ever thought they would have to cover that though. Hey, the world's changing. <laughs> what tweet, else? Tweeting cardinals. Okay, so there's two ballots a day, uh, for a total of four. Mm-hmm. Two two possible in the morning, two in the afternoon. Uh, and then after 12 or 13 days, if there's still no pope, they can say, you know what, to heck with this, where it's going to go with the simple majority. Right. Which I think is 50% plus one. Yeah. And uh, then we'll elect a new pope. That's right. And while they're doing this, there's like some, th- th- there's, there's some details that, you know, have to be followed to vote for a new pope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, this information has always been out there, but now in today's age, it's really out there. Yeah. So I think up until this election, a lot of people probably didn't understand like exactly what's going on. Well, Pope John Paul published um, the guidelines. Yeah. It said, hey, everybody, we're just being transparent here. Here's what we're doing. <laughs> Here's how it's done. So uh, they're rectangular ballots, and this is all very important, I imagine. They probably don't vary from this process. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, so. you know what? I'm going to do a round ballot just to mix things up. Yeah. Um, at the top, cocktail napkin. <laughs> yeah. At the top of the words, uh, uh, Latin words, uh, illigo in summum, uh, pontificum, I elect as supreme pontiff. So it's basically saying like, this is the official ballot. And then below that, the, each cardinal is going to write down the name in pen of the Pope. Yeah. Hand in their little paper, like it's the elementary school student well, body elections. They fold it twice. No, I thought someone else, uh, Oh no! They yeah, they fold it twice. Right, and then they put it on a plate. Yeah, and then they use the plate to dump it into the ballot box. Yeah, well, and they they have to say out loud, "I call as my witness Christ the Lord, who will be my judge, that my vote is given to the one who, before God, I think should be elected." Which is saying like, "I'm not I'm not bending to popularity. This isn't a popularity contest." Yeah, this is who I genuinely think right. God is my witness should be Pope. And they have to carry it in the air, and I guess all of this is just sort of. Like why they put it on a plate and hold it in the air. It's just like, look, nothing's happening. I wrote it down. Right. And this is the same piece of paper. Well, it also 
makes um so so cardinals while they're electing this is a little known fact they actually float down the aisle toward the ballot box and so holding the the ballot up in the air makes the whole thing look even cooler <laughs> cool um so you've got some guys who are charged with counting the ballots and and basically tallying who's going to be pope of course they're called scrutineers yeah that's going to be my next band name and the there are three scrutineers just the scrutineers oh okay yeah because there's four of us well, I was going to say it would be kind of cool if it was the three scrutineers, but there was four. <laughs> yeah, like Ben really, five. <laughs> really freak out the crowd, man. Yeah. Um, so you've got uh, the three scrutineers, and two of them, uh, they, they, well, okay, so you have one sitting who takes the ballot out of the ballot box, mm-hmm. writes down the name of the pope, or the person voted for pope, hands it to the next person. The first two write it down, and then the third um, scrutineer reads the name out loud, mm-hmm. and the other two... No, they say, yep, that's the one I have here okay. that I wrote down. And then they take it and pierce it through the uh, the eligo okay. with the needle mm-hmm. and move it along a, lo- a line of uh, thread. And then you have ultimately all the ballots tallied. That's right. And uh, if they don't elect the Pope, they burn them. That's right. And a uh, very important step before that, they tie the end of it so it's a sealed circle with the ballots hanging from it. Okay. Because if it's not tied shut, that means the vote is still open. Right. Yeah. Okay, so then they burn them. And if it's if they haven't elected a pope through that ballot, they add a, some chemical that makes the smoke black. Yeah. And they blow it out of the um, Vatican Palace to let everybody know, no pope yet. When they do elect the pope, they just let it be white smoke, right? Yeah. It used to be, they used to use like wet uh, straw and stuff, but there was confusion at times when it didn't burn like appropriately. Mm-hmm. So now they just add a chemical that they know is going to do the job. Nice. Um, and so when the new Pope is elected, he, the guy comes to the, uh, uh, he meets with the Cardinal Deacon, secretary of the college of Cardinals, the Cardinal Dean, and the master of papal liturgical celebrations, right? That's a swinging crowd. It is. <laughs> and, um, he says, Oh, please really, Really? This is great news. Thank you for, for doing this. Yeah. And the the dean, I think, asked him a couple questions. Yeah, and I have a, f- a feeling it's way more official than what I would say, because they say, do you accept your canonical election as Supreme Pontiff? What would you say? I would say, you want to be Pope? <laughs> you sure you want to be Pope? <laughs> and then by what name do you wish to be called? And that, you know, that's pretty straight up. That You'd say that? Just like that? I'd say, you want to be Pope? What's your name? <laughs> Give me the name. Yeah, and they'd say, who is this guy? <laughs> we need to know what to put on your uh, seal. Yeah, exactly. They do. Yeah. So uh, the Pope accepts. It, well, you know, I guess the Pope is supposed to accept. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's ever not happened. I can't imagine. Because you would think they would withdraw their name earlier than that, you know. Right. Or if they had second thoughts, that'd probably be pretty bad, too. Right. And they know? were like, look. I just talked about it with my wife, and she's like, "I don't <laughs> know wife. if we want to go into this chapter of our life. Let's let's just retire." Yeah. Okay. So each cardinal at that point, uh, once the pope has the name and has said yes, I definitely want to be pope, they approach them, uh, pay homage to the the new pope, probably kiss the ring. Yeah, I would say so. I wonder if they have the ring made up already, because you're supposed to have that thing on. Like, like that's basically like, check it out. I'm I'm pope. I bet they do. I would imagine. Yeah. Because the only thing that could happen is the Pope says, I don't want to be Pope. Yeah. And then they just make a new ring. Yeah. You know? 
And they they probably make the guy feel pretty bad too. Like, well, are you sure? Because we made the ring and everything yeah. already. I bet this is all spelled out in some rule book, you know, like oft not oft used rules of the Catholic Church. Right. Like if they refuse, yeah, you strike them on the head with the silver hammer. <laughs> Maybe so. Um. So then, uh, traditionally, the oldest cardinal in the conclave uh, steps up there at St. Peter's Square there on the balcony, which we've all seen a million times, and says, "Habemus Papam." Basically, he says, we have a new pope, and then the pope comes out, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. Like the Beatles. Yeah. Like, it's serious stuff, man. Weeping, and uh, I know in, in America, it's not as, or I guess things have just changed a little bit. I'm sure there are people in the United States that are still that moved. Sure. But you see people from around the world, like, collapsing and crying, and yeah. it's uh, pretty amazing to watch. Pope, papal mania. <laughs> papal mania. Yeah. And so, uh, and the Pope basically says, okay, let's do this. Here's my papal blessing. Mm-hmm. Good to meet you all. <laughs> sure. Uh, let, let's go forth and uh, spread Catholicism. That's right. We should do one on the Pope at some point, just about the duties. I mean, they have a few in here. Appoints bishops and cardinals, mm-hmm. obviously uh, spreading the good word, writing the official documents about issues like what our official stance is, stuff like that. Yeah, and then, like, getting world leaders to go along with them. Yeah, and, you know, back in the day, the Pope had a lot more sway in the uh, in the non-religious sector. Like, I could, they could, I could, <laughs> listen to me. Yeah. They could uh, crown new emperors and, like, had military power and stuff like that. Yeah, like, um, one of the Popes crowned Charlemagne and started the Holy Roman Empire, right? Oh, yeah? That was something that popes could do. Can't do that anymore. No. Um, and we, we mentioned um, Benedict changing the name. Like, they ask, what name do you want to go by? Yeah. And there's actually an origin to this. Um, pope John II, he was um, elected uh, in 533. Yeah. And he was the one that started it because he was born, uh, his his birth name was Mercur- Mercurius. Yeah. Named after Mercury. Which is a pagan Roman god. Yeah. He and he was like, I don't think I should have a pagan name as Pope. Yeah. So he changed his name to John II. Yep. And uh, there you have it. That's and, where the tradition began. Yeah. And I think generally now they, they choose a name of a previous Pope that they admired, perhaps. Or a favorite saint. Or a favorite saint. And then they get on with the Popin. Yep. I wonder what the new one. I'm really interested, you know. I'm see. pulling for the guy from Ghana. Yeah. I want to know what his name's going to be, too. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else about the Pope? Or the papacy, I should say? No. The Pope Mobile? Pretty awesome car. <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you remember that? Yeah, sure. When they came out with the, uh, the bulletproof, uh, like, tube that he sits in. Yeah. It's pretty smart. He stands in and waves. Yeah. It's a tall tube. That's right. Uh, okay, well, if you want to learn more about the Pope Mobile, you can type the word papacy, P-A-P-A-C-Y, in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And um, I don't know what that'll... Well, papacy will bring that, that article up. It won't bring anything up about the Pope Mobile, I'm afraid. No. But just try. Try Pope Mobile and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, you might enter a portal into another universe. <laughs> <laughs> Since I said Pope Mobile, it means it's time for a listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this veterinary, uh, Canadian Vets. What's up, friends? My name is uh, Anne-Marie, and I'm a super fan veterinarian from Newfoundland, Can- uh, Canada. Almost at Connecticut. I thought you were going to say Kentucky. 
I discovered you in 2011 when I went on uh, maternity leave, and maternity leave here in Canada can be up to a full year. In addition to that, man, my daughter was born 10 weeks early, so I was off for 14 months. Holy cow. Creepily, you both became my support system during this time. Uh, luckily, I came upon the podcast at a time where there were around 200 episodes. Uh, I would push the stroller every day for at least an hour and laugh out loud at your antics. I listened while I cleaned, cooked, and did various baby-related duties. Uh, now that I'm back at work, I eagerly await new episodes and have gone back and submitted to uh, listening to episodes I'd dismissed previously as boring. I encourage people to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, po- population is constantly a good one to go back That's and what she out. listened to. Did yeah. you know that? No. She said, I listened to recently and happy to report that even how population works entertain me. Uh, I even listen at work, particularly while I'm doing uh, doggy surgery. You're a favorite while I'm doing uh, dental surgery, actually. Last week, I listened to why do men have nipples while working in a dog's mouth. Uh, thanks for getting me through some difficult tooth extractions. <laughs> anyway, hats off to you both. I suffer from a mild case of hero worship. I wanted to say thanks for I don't know work. if I would call it suffering. <laughs> my daughter and I say, woot, Josh and Chuck. And my husband says, not that podcast again. And I guess he slaps his forehead. Wah, wah. Yeah. So Anne Marie, <laughs> tell like your husband, or something. <laughs> you get out your own little silver hammer, and <laughs> tap your husband on the head, and say, "My daughter and I are getting smarter." Tap him very, very, very lightly. Lightly on the. Don't head. you think, Chuck? So, whoever Anne Marie's husband is, get get on the train, my friend. Maybe get a helmet soon. And she says, "Awkward hugs," and and thanks to Canada. Thanks from or thanks to Canada. To. I guess for that 14-month paid leave. Can't you see her? Like, she's putting a dog under, and she's like, one for you, one for me, <laughs> one for you, one Two for, for me. me. Yeah, with the gas. All right, so thanks, Amory. And thanks to Canada for some reason. Yep. Uh, if you want to send us an oddly worded homage or thanks or whatever, we love those. Those are the best kind. Um, and uh, we want to hear from you. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can say stuff on Facebook.com slash stuff you should know. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery.com. And you can join us on our home on the web, our very own website with 42-inch rims. It's called stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.